Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's a lot of illegal shit going on in our industry. I am Jack Kavanaugh. I am the brand that makes the funny videos on Instagram and TikTok. The most important thing for me, obviously, is number one, selling products. But number two is making people smile when they think it's Jarno Glass, even if they've never bought it. There is something super therapeutic in cleaning a cup. Did you have a clean room as a kid? No, and still now, it's awful. I then got that spark of, I like selling to people. And I'm really appreciative of COVID because it shaped our business massively. Jarno Glass was never meant to be what it is today. But in the background, what has been your hardest moment on this journey so far? I nearly fucked my relationship for being so focused on the brand. There was never a time when my phone wasn't in my hand. I think any entrepreneur gets it. So this is a tough question, then. And the nerves, the paranoia, the anxiety was crippling. The hate comments were rife. I was shitting myself. Who do we think we are? Um, apologies to any viewers just before we start if I look a little bit dishevelled because we've just had a load of microphone problems and I'm nowhere near the most technical kind of audio person in the world ever but we finally after half an hour got it sorted however <laughs> my guest today Cab no doubt many people will be here because they already know who you are coming from your socials all would have seen your face around the car world and my lovely friend Aiden, who is helping today on today's podcast doing the audio levels which just haven't worked for 30 <laughs> minutes was actually the guy that introduced me to you over a year ago and i've been following your journey but for anybody that doesn't know who are you and what do you do i want to start off by telling the people that are watching that I love you dearly. And if no one's told you today, you're absolutely stunning. <laughs> so I am Jack Kavanagh, or most people know me as Cav. Um, the face of a little detailing brand called Stjarnagloss. And I am the very proud dad of twin boys whom I adore. As much as I know people are going to want to know about Stjarnagloss, they are, they are the number one on the list of priorities. And then closely followed by their mum, and then Stjarnagloss is a very close third. Now. I always believe to understand a journey, a road to success, where somebody has come from, you need to understand the kind of 
oven that they were baked in, what happened when they were younger and understand that kind of childhood. So could you tell us about your earliest days growing up um, and what life looked like for you as a kid? Of course. Um, I was trying to think about this in the car on the way here and because I've, I've watched your episodes before and I, I, I tear myself up. I was researching. Now, I... <laughs> My a lot of my growing up, if I think about my childhood years, it was in the pub, not because my mum and dad owned a pub, but just because they fucking loved the pub. So, and I didn't realise at the time how much that was shaping me. And I think I was either uh, I've always done performing arts since I was a kid, to the age of three, tap, modern, ballet, drama, and in the pub. So it was always a performance. Karaoke. <laughs> I just love good old sing song. No, it was always performing for someone. Now, the problem with being, not problem, that's a negative. The, the, what I noticed being in the pub, obviously you're surrounded by adults, but it made me a little bit of a social chameleon. And because I had always done drama, I was almost a bit, always a bit of a performer. Um, so yeah, literally grew up in the, in the local pub. Would get off the school bus into the local pub. That's where mum and dad were. And that was by no means a bad upbringing because I love my mum and dad to pieces. They're still very much a part of my life and they're very much a part of my boy's life. But I am now starting to realise how much of a Jack, that's why I've got this Jack the Lad character because that's all I ever saw. People with a few too many beers in them, high on life, a little bit happy, a little bit giddy. Um, And so that's kind of, the earliest years. And then I think what came from that being a social chameleon is being able to sell. That became, that came very, very natural with being a performer, knowing how to talk to different walks of life of people. Cause in that pub, there was very affluent people. There were really hardworking people and I could get on with everyone. And that my mum always wanted me to be an actor, which I did to an extent, but acting is not easy to get into. And when you need to start providing for close ones, it's very easy if you're not easy. Acting's not easy. But if you have that nice little safety net of being at home, you can do every audition and not earn any, earn any money. So I always wanted to get into sales and got into sales very quickly. But I didn't realize the importance of loving your product. So I, flirt, I, I, I fluttered around in uh, baggage handling from the ages 19 to 20. I don't know why. I don't know why. But I lost a lot of weight while I was there because it was very manual. And then I went up to World Duty Free. The hours were horrific, but I then got that spark of, I like selling to people. It was only selling aftershave. They probably didn't want it. They probably, and, and, and they probably bought it out of sympathy, but it really piqued my interest in sales. Um, left there to then go and live in Ibiza for six months. Hated that with a passion. Far too drug heavy always up, never a dull moment. And as much as I like it, I enjoy a drink and I like to party then it was just, there was never a down. And I was very conscious of the fact that obviously drugs are prolific in Ibiza. And I was like, no, nah, I need to, I need to leave here because this is going to be bad for me in the long run. Came back from there, got any job that I could, um, which I think it was um, manual. I was doing a bit of laboring on the building site. Then somebody offered me a job in welding and selling welding supplies. I was in a van all day selling my wares. But again, I liked it, but I didn't love it. I didn't love welding. A throwback that I should have mentioned, sorry. In our, when I was at primary school and secondary school, everybody said, 
you know you do your yearbook and what people will become. Mine was always a second-hand car salesman because I loved Elwood. But I never wanted to be that because that was almost what people had marked me as from such a young age. I was like, I will not be a car salesman. And that's no discredit to any car salesman because there's one in the room. But I didn't want to be what people thought I was going to become. But I love cars and I love sales. Long story short, got a job at a competitor's detailing brand and it made sense. I enjoyed the product. I was around cars all the time. I was selling, but I wasn't ticking that box for all the people at school that said you'll be a second-hand customer, but it was, it was 99% perfection. And we were going to shows and I loved it. I really, really loved it. But I got a little bit older and the rest of the team at that company were quite young and respectfully thought, I'm out. So I'm what age was that? 23, 24. Something like that. I was there for four years. And what, the, the guys at that company were younger, younger, than, yeah. younger than that? Yeah, it was really young. And for it reference, was that was also finesse, finesse, right? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I, as I said, I, I loved it until I didn't anymore. And thought I'd walk out of there because auto finesse, not my doing, everyone's doing, had a phenomenal growth while I was there. So I left and said, I'm, I don't want to leave the industry, but I want to, I, I don't want to be here anymore. And it was quite a nice conversation, to be fair, that I had with the boss. And when everybody would give the boy that left Auto Finesse an interview, nobody would give him a job. And I don't know why, maybe I didn't interview very well, but it was unbelievable how it was just, I was going up, down, left, right, around this country. Everybody's gagging to talk to me. As I say, maybe I didn't, maybe I... Maybe I'm not very good at interviewing, as I said. Maybe I put too much on the table, didn't leave anything. For, for, I didn't leave them wanting any more, but I didn't get a job. So then I think I, I got a job with a, I got a nothingness job delivering tires just to keep some money coming in. Because by now my boys were like six months old. We've, we fasted forward to that yeah, quite, have, quite a bit because you've already got sorry, kids. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> so that was, an, that, was a, that was another deciding factor as well. When I was at Auto Finesse, um, my fiance fell pregnant with twin boys. And obviously things change in your brain. When you've got kids on the way or you've got kids, you, you can't be selfish anymore. You know, you have to think about that. And I think that was a, another real deciding factor of this isn't where I want to be when I've got a, a young family. So they are born. Six months later, I left. And now I can't get a job. The stress was horrific. And I, I'm confident that every dad has had this thought. There was a few times where I was like, what the fuck have I done this for? Like, why, have I, why would anybody want kids? Because it's so, there's no sleep. But especially before they're 18 months, they don't do anything. They're just a drain on resources. I was like, this is like going to Glastonbury. It's fucking intense. Like, it's awful. I hate this. And not just one. Twins, double bubble. And a lot of people say, I don't know how you do it with twins. We didn't know any different. So I'm not going to say, oh, it's so much harder because it, every child is hard, no matter how, if you've got one, two, now triplets. Now 24. No, I started at work when I was 24. Sorry, I had the boys when I was 28. Okay. Um, and yes, um, they were, I, I just didn't like it. And I had all this stress of not having an income. So then I, I went and got a little job at a, tyre distributor, just delivering tyres. And I'd sent an email to Dodo Juice, who were the parent company of Starnabos, said, have you got any work for me? And they emailed me back. 
instantly give me an interview straight away. And I thought, oh, it's going to be the same rinse and repeat as what's happened before. But the interview seemed a little bit more sincere and told me about Sajana Gross, which is already a thing for them. They'd procured the rights. Sajana Gross is 15 years old. Uh, they'd procured the rights and they needed a front man for it. And I didn't realise how big of a part of my life it was going to become because I was just going for a job. I was so desperate. I never thought that it would turn into what it is now and it being my life, you know, um, that I, 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 I've listened to most of your episodes now and the word luck is under, I think no one likes to say, oh, I got lucky. But it was a big pot of luck. Like there could have been anybody that interviewed Dodo Juice at the right time. And that was the luckiest part of my career so far was finding this job that I didn't know I was so well suited for. And we'll, we'll go into this. I, I, I don't want to, I feel like I'm talking a lot and I apologize. The Sajana Gloss was never meant to be what it is today. And I am so appreciative of what it's become. And I'm weird to say really appreciative of COVID because it shaped our business massively into something that it was never meant to be, but we, we ducked and we dived and we did what we could to stay relevant. Um, that's kind of childhood up until now. And you can dissect that however you want and I will answer all the so questions you need. <laughs> had you always loved cars? Yes. Not, I... Even to this day, I am not, I love cars. And it all, amongst all my close friends, I am the most car guy. But when you go to shows and then you see a real car guy, you're like, whoa, I couldn't tell you the engine code of that GT86 outside. But there are people that can. I know the engine code of my car because that's relevant to me. But there are, I think there's levels and there's leagues. I like to think I'm at a comfortable level. It's not, it's not an obsession. I love most cars. There are cars that I hate. But I would, I would say I've always been a car guy, but I've never really had the means or the budget to have good ones. Okay, interesting. Uh, had you always adored looking after your things or cleaning cars? It was a very, I feel like it was a... Because growing up, I got this one question, mm. which couldn't help but write. And I, I find this fascinating for someone who's essentially career, a massive part of it has become about cleaning stuff. Yep. Did you have a clean room as a kid? No, no. And still now, it's awful. And this is my thing. This is my thing. I, there is something super therapeutic in cleaning a car. It's my me time when there's, especially when there's no camera on. I love it when the camera's on because I'm performing, but there is a, there's a real, I need a little bit of escapism. I'm going to go and clean the car with nobody watching. I love that. But I don't find that in cleaning anything else. Like my, my missus will scream at me, Effin and Jeffin, oh, your shorts on the floor. I'm like, because the washing basket's a long way away. Whereas I would never allow that in the car. There'll be a, there's two cans of monsters in the passenger footwell. They'll be gone by before I get home. Whereas if that was my room, that's I don't not, care if they sit on the side. That's not me, Kath. <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> what, you would? I'm awful. Really? My cars are disgusting. Okay. I'm, I am just all about driving and it drives people like Aiden saying here crazy. But that doesn't seem to be you then. You've always cared about how your car looks. And, and for me, the, so my first car was a little Peugeot 106. I paid 500 quid for it. And we called it, I called it Poppy. I love that car. But it was never going to be quick because it had a one litre. It was never going to be handling. It was never going to handle that great. So the only real way that I could improve it for minimal amount of money was just to make it super shiny, super bright and super shiny. So me and my next one have a Reese. We used to have a, 
every Saturday, we had this big bucket of just stuff that we'd bought from the local Halfords. And we'd just be, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. We've doing it all ass about face. Like none of it made any sense. If I watch, if I was a customer of myself now, I'd be like, mate, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. But there was something about it. I liked it. I liked improving the finish. And it was the, honestly, probably the shiniest 106 in the world. Wrote that car off. <laughs> and then, um, which actually wasn't We were fault. just getting up to a peak of how fucking impeccable this 106 yeah. no, was. That's fucked. Um, sorry, uh, I just swear. The, you're right, mate. And then Chill. the next car was a Saxo VTR. Again, much quicker than the 106, but still not a fast, impressive car, but it was always super clean. And then another Saxo, another Saxo VTS, big dick swinger. And then I watched probably too much Snatch or Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, got a Jaguar XJ, which I still love. Cool as fudge, not quick, very comfortable, but when they're clean, they've got so much road presence. And for a sub, 10, to be fair, you can buy an XJ now for three grand. Were you auto finesse at this point? Uh, I, no, because I had, my first Jaguar I had, then I had a van for four years while I was at, um, while I was at Wasp Supplies selling my welding stuff. Then as soon as I left that job, got another Jaguar XJ and then I was auto finesse. So it was XJ, little gap, what, four year gap, three year gap, van, Fiat Doblo, hideous thing. Good banner, and then another extra. So you said that growing up, that you're interested in uh, performing, that you always knew that you wanted to be in sales or selling something, yep. and you recognised what skills that you'd had from your upbringing at the point that you were basically at auto. Yeah. Yes. So those four years that you spent there, up until that you said you were 28 and you had kids and all the rest of it, what would you say was the biggest thing that you learned about yourself then that actually prepared you for the luck that you fell into with finding Dodo? Um. That, what I learned from that was, regardless of the product, people just love a conversation. I think, and I, I feel like I can, I can make gauge conversation with anyone. Um, car care as a whole is very, what's the right word? What's the right terminology? I feel like if you're in car care, you might have to help me on wording this. If you're in car care, you know a little bit. But if you're outside of car care, it's very daunting. And I feel like I really helped break that barrier down of, I don't know the difference between a polish, I don't know the difference between a polish and a wax. And, and I feel like even now people are quite scared to ask that question. So understanding where people are at in their journey, not, would never dream of judging somebody because they don't know as much as the next guy. Having that, the, and, and there's a lot of that, especially in the modified car world, some of these boys have got the most phenomenal cars, but have no idea how to clean them and breaking down that wall of breaking down that barrier to entry. Let's, let's get you better. Let's get you better at that, but not also making them feel stupid. Um, and what were the other important things learned there? That. So in, in your simplest terms then, because there'll be so many people sat there right now going, what is the difference between a polish and a wax? Yeah. Answer that question for us. How would you describe that to somebody that you were saying that you were trying to help? To polish is to cut swirl marks out of paint, intensify gloss. A wax's first and foremost job is to protect the paint. So you would ordinarily improve the paint, brighten the finish, then seal that in. And that's why the process is so important, because if you wax a car, then polish it, or wax a car, then seal it in, 
you're undoing that work because one, you're just going to be taking the wax off that you just put on. And two, if you then, because a lot of people say, oh, I'd like to seal in my hard work. Sealants last longer than waxes. So if the wax lasts three months and the sealant lasts five months, you're only going to get three months out of that sealant because it's sat on top of, a, of something that's diminishing. But it's, and that's a great question. I thank you so much for asking that. It's, it's reading the comment section, understand, thinking, oh my, how do, and again, not in a dickish way, why don't you know that? How is that? How have you gone this far? Care about your car so much that you don't know that, that you don't know the answer to that question. And I love that because it then creates another video that I can go outside and make. And it's amazing. I can't help it just because my hobby growing up was fishing and angling. Yep. How much you can relate to that? Because there's so many things, even in that, that ever they used to call it all the gear, no idea. Yeah. And you can spend all the money, but it doesn't mean dig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it sounds to me like the bit that you took away, to be fair, from your time there was knowledge about product and process. Yep. It seems. So you ended up with the same skills that you had all the way through. You added knowledge and process. And then, as you said, at 28, left, ended up going to a tyre company, trying to figure out what to do, and basically fell into what is called Dodo Juice. Yep. And if anybody has made a payment or bought product on Starner Gloss, they yep. may have actually seen at the bottom or on their email, yep. Dodo Juice. Yep. So just explain again, when you joined, had they acquired that company, had they acquired Starner Gloss? Yes, they, they'd bought the rights to the brand. And, but it was meant to be a, so Dota Juice 15 years ago was very much the enthusiast brand, very popular culture, um, but had grown up out of the modified car world. And they wanted a brand to insert back in. They wanted a brand that went back 15 years to where they started at 18 year old, 19 year old, 20 year old, something like that. But they were very aware and conscious that they weren't the person, they weren't the people to do that anymore because they're not. In, our, in the catchment audience of 18 to 35, 40. So that was then my role. And I don't even think they realised how me, myself, and those guys didn't realise how much that I would then become Mr. Stjarnagos. And it worked tremendously, but that was, the, that was their thing. They, they bought this brand to then reapproach the, the younger audience that were coming through that had just passed their test because they knew that their core audience had, had grown up a little bit. They maybe were on this, they maybe they got a family car or something like that. And they also didn't understand social media very well. Whereas that was one thing I did learn from Walter Finesse because he's very good at that. Or I would confidently say that Walter Finesse took detailing onto the internet, onto social media very, very well. Sexy marketing. Um, so that was another thing. That was a probably way more important actually than learning the the, the products and the knowledge and the the, um, the processes was really really important. But how to market detailing products online was the number one thing that I took away from that. Because it's quite interesting. Because one of my questions on here is actually how do because there are so many that have spawned into the space now. How does a dif a detailing company differentiate itself when really you can't see how good a product is just by looking at the bottle? When you're picking up a bottle, it's all about the brand, the knowledge, everything you've learned about that company or mm. been told. You can't see how good something is necessarily by you, looking there, at the bottle. There are some things, but the problem with our industry, it's very easy to fudge the results because you only need to cut camera do more of whatever you were doing or use a different product and then you cut back to it. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, you didn't get that out of a hand polish. No way. And it's only, there's only, to be fair, it's only people that regularly make content on cleaning the car that would go, I smell bullshit. Joe Blog's general public would never know. All you've got to do is change the camera, camera angle to then it being believable. Oh, he's just moved the camera. That's why it looks different. And it looks amazing. But there is so much smoke and mirrors in our industry. It's criminal. 
And my thing is being as honest as I can be. And I'm, I've said it countless times before. No, it's not perfect, but at least it's real. Because the customer resonates with that as well. Because I think 10 years ago, you could have got away with it. Whereas now people are wising up a little bit. They've seen some, there's some forums on the internet. People are, people, people are being called out for their bullshit. So if I become for a minute, a YouTube troll commenter, yep. and apologies, everybody, like normal, it is ridiculously hot in this van and there is aircon coming soon. But if I become one of your YouTube trollers in the comments mm. for a minute and I say, oh, come on, mate, give it a rest. There's got to be one company that manufactures all this purple iron out stuff. And you're telling me if I take 10 bottles and have 10 wheels that are all the same dirtiness in front of me and I spray all these products in the front, why is yours any different to it? Because it's higher concentration. And that's a very, I love when those sort of, you, you, they're so angry. They're so angry and ready to argue that. And also I think that people expect me to then bite back. But that's when Jack the lad switches off and then I just get super professional with it. And I explain there are things like, like we said earlier on with Ford before the podcast started, sorry, no reference to that. Ford got lazy with a couple of transits ago where they relied upon their name and they could just, they could have brought out any old shit product. They knew it was going to sell because it was a transit. People are going to buy it. The builder's going to buy it. Then Volkswagen came along and then Merck came along and everyone starts making really good vans and they're like, shit. We really need to concentrate on the transit because we're losing sales left, right, and center. It's the same in car care. You can get real complacent. You you made a good product. And you feel, okay, I'm going to water it down a little bit because nobody knows any different. I'm going to make a little more profit. Fantastic. We can't do that because we're still a very much growing business. And one thing we are super proud of, this is Dodo Juice, this is not my doing, is we make our own shit. There's so, there was something outrageous, like 500 detailing brands in the UK. There's seven manufacturers. Five yeah. hundred detailing brands yeah. in the UK. Other than clothing brands, I don't think you get much more saturated than that. And do you think, say, 10 of those brands makes up 70% of the sales? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I wouldn't even say John Cross is in that 10% either, to be fair, because we are we concentrate on the modified carboys. When you've got Autoglim, Maguire's, Simonis, um, Turtle Wax that probably take up 60% of it because they're in every store available. You can get them in the range. You can get them in B&Q. There's a, I would say the, I would say John Gloss is in the 10% of the niche or the, the, of the boutique. Um, but it's, that's another difficulty in our industry. You've got people that will not spend more than three pounds on a bottle. And then you've got me trying to sell them 12 quid bottle of shampoo. So there's, there's, there's customers within customers as well. There's niches within the customer bases as well. Um, I think my, my customer base is the modified car boy um, and girls, sorry. I would like to think we're definitely in that 10% of that audience, but I'm pale in significance in comparison to what you could, you could see that you are. We, I was at um, the Gravity Show at the weekend where we saw each other and your, your stand was rammed. Yeah, it was busy. Was Loved you it. shocked by how busy? I really was because, and somebody made a really, really nice comment in that the work you do in the winter, you reap the rewards in the summer in our industry. and. It's so easy to forget how many people, and this is going to sound really egotistical, and I don't mean, I hate this. It's for, easy to forget how many people's day you've made by making them laugh in the winter, and they really remember that in the summer. And I was getting quite a lot of that, people coming over saying, just want to let you know that you helped me through a really shit day. And I don't think I'm doing that. I'm trying to sell them car shampoo. But because I'm always putting a little joke in there, that's always the the bolt on. I want to make people smile. A little jump and a skip. Yeah, a skip and a dumps. And the 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 most important thing for me obviously is number one selling products but number two is making people smile when they think of Glass, even if they've never bought it that's my secondary mission and it was it really reminded me that it was working because of how many people that were so shy 
to come and say hello, did got a little, got to know a little bit about them. And they were, they went through some shit. Winter was tough. COVID was tough. Blah, 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 blah. You really made me smile. That, oh, that's so rewarding. And, and gravity, most, I get it at most shows, but gravity just seemed like there was a tidal wave of people that wanted to come over and, and tell me that sort of thing, which was f- amazing. Gravity was wild. So being the face of a automotive cleaning brand yep. at what was 28 that that began? Yep. 28, 28. Uh, yeah, 28. How quickly did that business grow? What did the growth look like from when you joined Philen a few years after? And how old are you now? 32. So oh, Stjana wow. Gloss will be, Stjana Gloss will be for November the 1st. And November the 1st, 2019 is when we launched. The worst time to launch a detailing brand because nobody wants to, we're a new brand, so nobody's going to gift it over Christmas. And then we go into January, February where no one cleans their car. And if you do, fair play, because it is chilly willy out there. So we've got the first four or five months of just nothingness. We're not getting the gifting season. We've, we, we weren't established enough to do anything with Black Friday, Sunday, Monday. And then January, February rolls around and it was like, then all of a sudden Boris Johnson starts talking about staying indoors. And I was like, no, I thought that's it. Game over. We're now, it was, was it March? March or April? Yeah, it was, uh, well, it was end of February, start of March 2020 was when that all came about. So we had a very, I took on some dealers and I was, that was one, uh, not one, that was a beautiful thing about Dodo Juice. They already had established dealers. So we had a great first month because all these dealers took on this new brand because it had something to do with Dodo Juice and they had, that, they had that respect and trust for it. And then December, nothing. January, February, now this word popping up, the dreaded C word. I don't even want to say his name. Go home. Fuck. Game over. Barely even got started. And now everyone's been sent home. And I remember, like it was yesterday, laying in bed, like we were meant to, on my laptop. And at this point, we were getting like three and four orders a day, minimal. Laying in bed and got my phone on the side and I got the little Shopify app. Ching. Ten minutes later. Ching. I was like, fucking hell, I've never had two orders in 10 minutes. This is amazing. What's going on? Another 20 minutes go by. Ching. I rung Dodo Juice. I was like, what's happening? They were like, we're busy. And I was like, no, everyone's going home and clean the car. <laughs> didn't, didn't know what to expect. Didn't, was, honestly thought people were going to go home and stay indoors like we were told to. Don't know why I thought that now. Hindsight's got 20-20 vision, but I thought we were fucked. Fast forward a couple of weeks. And I was scrolling through social media and just nobody was making any content, naturally. One thing I should say before this, Stiana Gloss brand tone was meant to be arrogant. It was meant to be like Supreme. There's no face to Supreme, but all the cool kids are wearing it. And the fuel can was meant to be, the version one, the Tiffany blue Porsche mint with white writing was just meant to be in all the cool cars at shows. That was its job. But the problem is there was no shows. So there was no cool thing to be seen on social media or sorry car shows so I went to the unit and I made the worst video you've ever seen on how to use a snow foam lance but and it was shit I didn't even have a microphone I was shouting at the phone it was awful but it got more views than I had followers at this time I got like 2,000 followers TikTok wasn't even a thing yet so I thought there's something in this I've got to keep going so I went back the next week and made the same video on how to use a snow foam lance from a different angle. Don't know why. Stupid thing to do. And that is what really changed Stjana Gloss because a week goes by, when's the next video? And they were, honestly, Ben, they were so shit. I'm a, I am ashamed to watch them back. 
but it was something for people to watch. Totally get what you're on about. I've had this literally the same thing with another YouTube channel that I've got. Um, for the fishery, and I just look at the call. I can't even watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's hideous. Isn't it? But but people are like, when is the next video? I'm like, why do you mouth? like this? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think, and I don't know, what, I don't know the time in a, a fishery, but it was at a time when there was nothing else to watch. So people, I've watched all of Netflix. I've done YouTube. I just need something new to watch. So it was then make a, and, and by now, obviously, I don't think it was arrogant, but I, I thought, oh, people want to watch me. I'm getting good at this. So I got a little bit more confident and then a little one liner would pop in and then following orders, orders were already growing because of the timing that it was, but then the following started creeping up and now I know I'm jumping a bit and we can go back, but now I am the brand that makes the funny videos on Instagram and TikTok. And that was never the intention. And I, that's why I say I'm so lucky one for Dodo juice and two for COVID shaping this business into becoming a USP. There are other brands that make educational videos on short format, no doubt about it, but I don't think many people do it with humor because our industry is so too serious. People think it's so important. We're not curing cancer. We're cleaning the car. It doesn't matter. And I think breaking down that it's not that important, mate. Like if you've done it wrong, I'm not going to, I'm not going to shame you for it, but I would love to teach you how to do it right. And I hopefully I can build a loyal customer and you come back, you come back again. So the, and, and sorry, so we're out of COVID. Then the fuel can really starts kicking in because now that's in all the cool cars. That I find absolutely brilliant because that was Dom from Dodo Juice. When you think about entering a market, as you said, there's 500 brands yeah. for say in the UK, give or take. And every single one of them have got a bottle. So when anybody picks something up, it's normally a bottle. And the first thing, the first time I ever heard of Gloss was when my friend that just happens to be sat in this van doing the audio levels over there spent uh, what I thought was an obscene amount is, of money at a car show, Gravity, last year yep. and wandered over with this can that he'd spent, I believe, £350 on. On the premise that he could put the car on the stand. That was it, on the premise that he could take his car and put it on your own stand. And I was like, what is this brand? How, you mentioned how fast the brand has grown in four years. The face of the brand, it's grown really fast in four years. Without the can, Mm. where do you think you'd be? Um, I would say, I would say it had more of an effect on our social media following than sales because the sale, the, the sale of the can turned up after two years. Well, I didn't ever want to sell the fuel cans, but I had them listed on our web. The, the, the Porsche mint one was listed on our website at 400 quid, which was a nothingness price. It was only on there purely for stock reasons. It was always out of stock. So I could knock it off a of stock at the back end. But the nuts thing was people were like, I want one. And I'm like, fella, they have to work for us. They, they cost us a pretty penny. So they're sponsorship only. And you haven't got a following. You haven't got a show car. It's an awkward conversation, but what am I giving you one for? You've got three followers on a lot profile and a Ford Fiesta. There's no value in me giving you a fuel can. I want to buy one. And I was like, I'd never even considered it. We'd never even thought about selling them because they were, they were going to have to be a pretty penny. And we sell shampoo for 12 quid. We sell quick detailer for 10 pound. Who are we to ask for 350? What well, the original one was 300 pound for a fuel can. The demand was there. So we had 50 made in the first colour, crayon grey, always been a Porsche theme. Crayon grey, slate grey writing. And it went out at 300 quid. And honestly, I was shitting myself. I thought, who do we think we are? A 300 pound jerry can. Because you've decided to buy those in as well. Yeah, and and there's a little bit of investment there in in, in, in buying them in. 
and the nerves, the paranoia, the anxiety was crippling. Can we sell a 300 pound fuel can with car cleaning products in it? Made the video, put it on the internet. Boom, sold like 40 of them in the first couple of days. I was like, what the fuck? Oh my God, this is, take, take a breath, relax. But a couple of reasons why they're expensive. One, they cost us a lot of money. And two, I don't want them to be every car's got a fuel can because then they lose their sex appeal. So they're priced highly to because they are exclusive. There's only 50 of each color. So if you see somebody that's got a mint one, they've got a mega car. And if you see someone that's got a, the, to be fair, we haven't actually given any sponsor cans out in white yet. Um, but so if you see a mint one, they've got a special car. If you see any other color car, big dick swinger, they spent 350 quid on something that they didn't need. And they've turned, and obviously I'm very, I'm biased. But for somebody to care enough about a fuel can, just part with their money. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I appreciate them a lot. That's why I call them Big Dick Swinger. The, and, and so what effect did it have on the business? I think it gave us a USP along with the, the short format entertaining videos. And then the second one was the uh, gold air freshener, the Stekra. Because again, 20 quid for an air freshener, 100 mil, but it's got 24 karat gold in it. It's cool as fuck. Everybody wants to hate it. They smell it. They go, fuck, that is the bollocks. I need that. And £20, whilst it's a lot of money for an air freshener, most people have got £20. And it, and obviously the, 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 the gag or the, the story that I tell online is that it makes you really bigger. Everybody wants to feel like their willy's going to get bigger if they spray this air freshener. So I'd say the fuel can and the, and the air freshener were, and, and the, the, the videos, were our, there are three things that differentiate us. And, and like you said, one thing I should have added, we estimated there was about 1,200 brands in the middle of COVID. Like everybody started a detailing brand. All the detailers that couldn't go to work thought, well, I can't go to work because we're not allowed out. I'm going to start a detailing brand. I know a little bit because I use it every day. Fine. They go to a chemical manufacturer. They get a label made. Boom. They've got a, a detailing brand. But you watch Auto Finesse. You watch Maguire's. You think, how fucking hell can it be? I put it on the internet. I show them what it does. It sells. Tanks. Because you need to have like the 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 safety aspect that goes on behind it. God forbid someone drinks it. You need to make sure you've got that insurance. You need to 
Are all of our bottles, uh, to be fair, this is empty. All of our bottles appeal and reveal. So you've got 14 different languages in there because we want to sell it overseas. There is so much boring shit that goes on in the background of a detailing brand that Dota Juice take care of. So this is a tough question then, because many people, I'm sure many of the followers just naturally assume that you are the owner of Starna Gloss mm. and then it's your brand because of how much care and attention you clearly put yep. into it. And it just look, you can tell it's your baby. But it's not. It's owned by Dodo, Dodo Juice. Juice. In the same way that the Glim company. is owned by Outro. Exactly. Uh, it's, a, it's its own thing. But ultimately, yeah, Dodo Juice Do is the Do you parent. think, because of all those new brands starting up and giving it a go and the, the accessibility of being able to launch detailing company in the UK, do you think that even with the effort that you've put in, it would have survived without a parent company? <sighs> it's a great question. And I have a lot of confidence in my own ability. I don't think we would be where we are today without Dodo Juice, but I do think I'd have had a fair go at it on my own. Now, that is not taking away from what Dodo Juice have done at all. The chemical being good is Dodo Juice is doing. The chemical being legal is Dodo Juice is doing. But the sale came from me, and they know that because they're not part of the sales process. So I think that we would be two years behind, maybe. I think, so one thing, one statistic I'm really, really proud of on our website is we have a 50% returning customer. On a growing business, that feels to me like, and now I'm not the best, I'm not the best at reading analytics, but if 50% of people on my website are returning customers and 50% of the people are new, that feels like a great balance. I'm getting new and I'm retaining the old. My job is to get the new on, 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 on social media and it's the chemicals job to get the, to get the old back, to buy again, to repeat. I'm so proud of that statistic. Now, that's why I say half of where we would be, because I know I'm doing my bit and getting the new customer, and I know that the juice are doing their bit by retaining the customer by making a great product. Because you can sell something, you can sell a shit product once, they're not going to come back for it again. So without them being the chemical manufacturer, I feel like I could probably could have said, I could have got piss in a bottle and sold it once, but I wouldn't have had that repeat business because it would have been an enough product. Now, there are brands out there that do sell piss. I don't know how they do it. But... That is another reason why I come across so cocksure of myself on camera is because, like you said earlier on, I know that my I'm only as good as my word. If I tell you a product is going to give you this result, it's because it just did. That is literally what I've just filmed. I can't fudge it because the day that you do is the day that the trolls turn up on the internet and you are fucked. You are wrecked. Sorry, I'm swearing a little bit. Um, another big help for the brand was the arrival of Top Gear. That Tess, hopefully she's watching this, is a drifter, female drifter that I've known for years. She worked with the BBC on a on a uh, another TV show. I've, for the life of me, I can't remember what it's called now, and I apologise. They, when COVID kicked in, they need to make they needed to make some COVID sensitive content. Cleaning the car is very safe because there was two of us who could work opposite ends of the car. It was something that a lot of people were doing. So they had the idea of this thing called Top Gear Clean Team. And ultimately, it was how clean is your house for cars? They had 10 disaster cars that needed cleaning. They needed a presenter and they needed a, um, another person to help that person clean. Needed a presenter. Rang me. I was like, nah. I've been the biggest fan of Top Gear since it ever started. Well, since I remember. They need somebody. And I was like, fuck. This real pinch yourself moment. 
made the phone, like, I spoke to them on the Wednesday, confirmed it the following Friday. We were filming the next Wednesday. It was out of nowhere, turned up. And the car, it's the most watched thing on Top Gear's Facebook page, which I'm really proud of. But again, the timing was great in that everybody was on social media. That's all anyone could do was be on their phone. They're getting their 8%, they're on their phone. So we had these cars turn up. See, I couldn't say Shana Gloss because it's the BBC. I couldn't, I couldn't say product names, obviously, because the same reason. But I'd be using the pink citrus pre-wash. I'd be using the blue tyre dressing. And the amount of people that would watch the Top Gear Clean team had no idea. The, the hate comments were rife because they didn't know who I was. And Facebook is littered with angry people. It's a savage place, yeah. Brutal. But the amount of people that go onto TikTok see me as Mr. Sianagos. Are you that fella from Top Gear? Yeah. Because I couldn't say it publicly. Couldn't use, I couldn't say it on Sianagos. I'm on Top Gear. But they could recognise me, obviously. That, I think it gave the brand a little bit of credibility in that, oh, oh, he's not just some wonky salesman. He's also on another, um, he's on Top Gear, which is beat that in the automotive industry. Um, that helped as well, massively. And I, I don't know why I've gone here, but that wasn't Dota Juice's doing. That was my doing. So that when you say, would I be where I am? I'd be somewhere for sure. That's amazing, really, that, that, that as you said, so many opportunities have come up, but you have had to grab them by both hands mm. correctly. Otherwise, nothing would have happened in the first place. And it's also happened in a short space of time. So how have you managed to basically grow that business whilst having twins and a family in the background? How, how does that all work in such a short space of time? What does your life look like and how do you separate the so two? I, one thing I'm, I'm gutted about, but I, I have two best friends, Mint and Tom. I barely see them, which breaks my heart because I love them to pieces. But my, the boys are number one. Providing for them is number two. Unfortunately, there ain't much room left for number three, which is a, a social life. I see them once or twice a year, which I'm so ashamed of, but they get it and they respect it. Both of them haven't got, bought, haven't got kids. Unfortunately, I got very selfish in that all I have time for is my family and this brand. So it's just my, my, my life, my world. One thing that I really had to notice, and I, 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 Natalie's going to watch this, I nearly fucked my relationship with Natalie for being so focused on the brand. There was never a time when my phone wasn't in my hand. And I think any entrepreneur gets it, any business owner gets it, that you, oh, fuck, if I don't reply now, they might go somewhere else. That, that fear, that anxiety, that paranoia of... But since John Gloss got more and more successful and I don't have to check my phone every five minutes, it's really helped my relationship. The next thing would be having a little bit more of a social life you know I now go on holiday which is lovely and but the next thing for me is freeing up some evenings in the week to go do you know what work's good the boys are in bed Natalie's doing something with her friends I'm going to go and see my mates that there is all I think there's the work-life balance thing is impossible I don't think anyone's got it right but I know that I need to get my relationship back with them 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 boys as I say we talk on a text every now and again, but it's so nothingness. We used to, we used to spend every waking hour together if we wasn't at work. Um, but that's, that's the only way really to get through it. I think is to just, just eat, sleep and breathe it. So you mentioned that that journey though, started when you were 28 of almost like 
you, you treat you literally treat the brand like it's your own, and I can't differentiate the dif- any difference between you and an entrepreneur that would own the shares to the business. You just seem to live and breathe this brand that you've created, and it's like your baby. So fast forward to now, from then, what does it actually look like operationally? Have you got people on for Star Because yep. at the time it was just you, and how so has that grown over the last few years? There's there's 14 people in the in the business between Dodo Juice and Star um, we've taken on two new bodies that because we, we, because we treat the brands, ultimately it's car cleaning products that goes out in the post. So people could, if they were doing Dota juice, then they started doing a little bit of Jana. So we've almost just had to add support to the existing body of people. Um, we brought Jib on, big up Jib last year as a as a as a help as a background help for Stjarnagloss he does a little bit for Dodo Juice as well um but the business Dodo Juice run a very well-oiled machine and were ready to take on more workload so then it was just sort of going right now this thing is at its limit this this area production is at its limit we now need to take a body on for that this uh, order fulfillment is at its peak. We can't kick any more orders out a day and we've got more orders. We now need to take another body on for that. So there is a huge, I've been so, so lucky in that I didn't have to go through that headache. It was just adding bodies rather than creating a job or and, and working that out. Um, the, so yeah, there are, there are four new people since Stjarnagloss has come to fruition, but it would be unfair for me to say they're all Stjarnagloss because they're all doing a bit of everything. Um, like uh, uh, there are more Dota Juice do an amazing job at trade overseas pallets loads and loads and loads but Stjarnagloss is stronger in direct to consumer because obviously social media hands into that um, so yeah there's new bodies but you wouldn't ever say that this one person only works for Stjarnagloss other than me and you wouldn't say that this one person only works for Dota Juice other than the, the two directors really because they're predominantly 99% spending their time on Dodo because they don't they, they help me where I need it but they don't help me make a video I see this with a lot of detailing brands. You might be able to get throat some more light on this. How big is overseas for a detailing brand? Um, depends on the, on the brand. Um, for us, without digging into Shopify, I would say it's 65% overseas. Yeah, massive. So your sales are larger overseas than they are here at the minute? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've never recognised that. What's it like getting bottles of liquids out of the country? Some countries, easy. Some countries, Switzerland. So it's going in, not coming out. Yeah. Um, Switzerland, the Middle East, tough to get chemicals into. But America, easy. Japan, easy. Um, Europe, easy. As much as Brexit didn't make it life easier, luckily the, it's not bad now. It's pretty simple. Um, but yeah, I'd say I'd say 60, 65% is going overseas. And that's not the case with all brands. Obviously, I'm not going to name any names, but some brands only care about the UK. Fair enough. But we want it to be more than just, just the UK. And that's partly because Dodo Juice were, they crushed it 15 years ago and they went into new markets. So it was, and they, and the, the, the journey that they had was, okay, we now sell to China. So we've got to put Chinese on the label. So when Tijana Gross was being made, they're like, We've done it for Dodo Juice, we'll do it for Shana. So we definitely had a head start in that respect as well. We were ready to sell overseas, whereas you should not send a product overseas to a foreign speaking language without their language on the label. Loads of brands do it, it's criminal, but there also has to be a poison number on it as well. So if somebody drinks it, the doctor needs to be able to recognize that number 
know what, make a phone call, know what's in it to know how to treat it. Barely any brands do that, especially starting out ones. But John Gloss was so legit from day one that we we really got a head start on 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 overseas shipment. Obviously, America is easy because they speak English. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of illegal shit going on in our industry because people just don't respect it, you know. Because it is ultimately for cleaning the car, and it, what damage can it do? Then a kid picks it up. That's when it can all go Pete Tong. Which probably flushes out the weakness, which is why there's 500 brands in the industry and there's constantly brands turning around and creating new new brands pop up, etc. But this is for the guys listening that potentially think that they, or they may still, and we encourage everybody to try and start their own things. Yeah, good luck to you. But if somebody goes out there and thinks, right, okay, because there's all these suppliers, there's all these manufacturers, I can buy the product and I can stick a label on it and I can sell it. The thing that I see a lot of people underestimate at the minute, especially since COVID, which is obviously kind of when you started. But when there's 500 brands in a space, there's 500 brands prepared to have an ad spend. And there's 500 brands. Do you think it's possible that at those margins, when you buy a product that's already manufactured and then have to put on, you're only making, say, 30% gross on that entire product if you sell it at full RRP, so no Black Fridays, yeah. no big discounts, all the rest of it. Do you think it's actually possible to make money on those? With there's more than 30%. Pots? It, even if you buy, if you're, I think it's, there's money to be made for sure. But I do think when you go from a service-based industry like cleaning the car, you like to think you've done your numbers. But I think there is definitely a lot of people that go, oh my God, this cost me £2.50. I can sell it for 10 I'm making loads of fucking. But they don't factor in the additional warehousing, the, the, the labour the insurance, if they want to go legit, then you'll see a brand that you think, oh, you know what, he's getting a bit of traction. And all of a sudden you think, oh, now he's paying insurance. His price has gone up by £2. Then all of a sudden his price is up by 18 quid for something that was nine because he, he's doing the right thing to, to be able to make a little bit of money and stay legit. And then he prices himself out of the industry. Nobody gives a shit. If yours is 18, his is nine, and they do roughly the same thing. I'm not paying £18 for that one. That's the beautiful thing about making your own products. You're cutting out a middleman so that you can allow for all those additional expenses like advertising and, and building cars. I mean, I'm very lucky that we get to build the M3 uh, and the Saab and stuff like that. But it's all got to be fucking paid for. And so I think if you're new, starting out, white labelling, it's tough. Very, very tough. If you want to be legit, I, I think you could probably get away with working skinny, selling only in the UK, using other people's material safety data sheets. You could do it, but there will be a time where you want to go overseas or there will be a time where that the UK market plateaus, you've found all your, you've found all your customers and yeah, the price needs to go up. And it, I do feel for them because it looks so easy until you, 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 you want to start building a car. You're like, oh, there's not much money left in the end of the pot. I reckon one person, to, there's a, there's a brand on TikTok that popped up the other day and I'm, he's, he's, he's just kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. But I wonder when he's going to run out of puff when he's like, I'm making enough money to, to feed my family, but I can't really grow the business. I can't do the next exciting thing. And, and it's not COVID anymore when people are desperate for content. There's almost so much content out there that it becomes who's got the best content. And we, if we look at some numbers, you've built up over 300,000 followers across all your platforms in those four years. And would you, would you say that, and I kind of know the answer to this already, it's kind of a stupid question, but it shows the relevance of it. If you took social media away from Starna Gloss now and said you couldn't post for a year, mm. do you think the brand would survive? 
by the skin of its teeth only because my three best distributors don't use my content and they would probably just keep us afloat. But would my sales exist? No. In that four years of crazy brand growth, you've mentioned that you've maybe had to even let some friends grow to manage the growth and actually get the brand to where you want it to be, to achieve your personal goals, to manage your family. Most people that I speak to, because their brands have been going longer than when COVID was around, would say that COVID, for whatever reason, either made or break them. It clearly kind of made your brand. But in the background, what has been your hardest moment on this journey so far? Um, in the first two years was energy levels in that it was just getting minimal sleep at home and then trying to be upbeat and positive and creative and innovative with what we were doing. Because as you said, and I've said, it's a saturated market. So to try and do that on two and three hours sleep was very, very tough. Like genuinely, these grey hairs in my beard popped up at the two-year mark. Well, sorry, two-year mark of the boys, so a year and a bit of the, of the brand. Tough. Um, aside from that, time management, but not so much with my, with my friends, time management with Natalie, knowing that I should be giving her more time, but this knot in my stomach of I can't let this thing fail um, to provide for the boys. Like it was always, I always had the bigger goal in mind and I'm not knocking Nat because she rightly so deserves my attention and my time. But I'm doing this and she gets it. Like she said to me a thousand times, I know you're doing this for the brand, but what about this relationship there and thereabouts? It was so tough to put the phone down, try and be in the room present regularly. You could do it once and then you just go back to your old ways. But to actually make that change was really, really tough. And only on Monday just gone, the bank holiday that we just had after gravity, I had a real amazing moment to myself in that we'd had a pucker weekend. We had all these people coming to see us. We had the best monetary value show we'd ever had. And then I took, we, me, and, um, me and Nat took the boys to Old McDonald's Farm, which was naff. But they were having the best time. I didn't feel the need to be on my phone. I knew we'd made some money. I knew that next week we had things to do and I could just be in the moment, enjoying it with the boys. Real shoulders drop. Fuck, we're getting somewhere now. And it's nearly four years and it's only now in the past few months where I've gone, this brand isn't going anywhere anymore. I don't feel like if I don't put a video up or a post up for a day, not the end of the world, doesn't matter. That work-life balance, to summarise, is the the hardest bit and the conscious conscientiousness of, yeah, it rattling around in my head. Am I doing the right thing? So would you would you say that it's almost like an internal because it's really hard with some kind of people that lead companies and entrepreneurs, MDs. I I feel it with stuff that I do because I, if I where I feel it is if I feel that I haven't been working hard enough. Mm. And I think now it's quite funny because maybe four years ago my friends would have turned around and thought that I was just swanning everywhere and doing anything but I think as they've even got to know me even more now they 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 do think Fuck, he just doesn't stop um and a few mates that have hanged around me for days go doesn't stop but what I get inside of me is almost like an itch like and it drives me if I don't think I've been working hard enough mm. to myself yeah the internal punishment that I give myself is crazy would you say that you almost feel like 
you're running on a battery level in a way that, that when you haven't put posts out and when you've done stuff in the past that it was falling down, you had to do something again to energize it back up to give you the time to live a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Mine was always, um, yes, definitely in, in that, and it's always a, it's a silly one in that if my video, I, I, I judge my, my, I judge what I'm doing based on the views that I get because you get more views, you get more sales. If my video tanked, wasn't very good, didn't get good views, the pressure I would put on myself to then make a better one would be unbelievable. And I would be, I'd go from doing two or three takes to 50, 60 takes. results driven. Yeah. And that is definitely like, so another one, if I've got no ideas for the next video, I get really panicky. I've started writing them down. Oh, I'll do that one today. I've got this car in. I'm going to do that video on it today. So planning definitely helps me relax. And the, 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 as I said, the views get people on the website, people on the website, as long as you've got a 2% conversion rate, just get that number up of the amount of people that are on your website. You're doing something right. That's definitely the way that I've, I measure my, how hard am I working? How prepared am I for the future? How do I see, am I, am, are we going to be all right through winter? It's that, these, that list of, of content creation ideas, brand projects. And that's a huge like that. thing then. So, cause in paving previous business, we used, it used to look like a mountain our years of sales. It just tanked in winters. Is it the same? Yes, you just absolutely. Tank? Absolutely. People January, just February is like, is the website on what the fuck's happening? And then March kicks in, you get it. This year was, was strange because we had that constant fear of nobody's got any money. So it started, it definitely kicked in later, more like April, May, um, which was nerve wracking. But yeah, mountain, it just, when, as soon as that sun comes out, naturally I get it. People go out and clean their car. Like you get that, oh, I'm going to clean the car this weekend. Then the shows kick in, that keeps you going. And then September, um, September's still quite warm, so we still get it. But then October, a bit quiet. And then November, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then you get the gifting season again. But then January, February is just like, but nice because we're in the process of moving. So we've got a much bigger premises, which we're excited for. But at the moment, we're like, oh, we don't want to move, we don't want to move. We're going to got time. So going to that next level again. Yeah. and But it's nice that we can sort of go, oh, January, February. Don't want it to quieten down, obviously, but naturally it will. Let's Let's do the, let's build this new place up then. And taking it back, you never thought then four, four years ago, what would you say to the guys that are at the car show that are a little bit lost, that have just left the place or they thought they were going because of a big life change? Because you openly say you just, this opportunity landed in front of your lap, but do you think it's because you did keep going to every interview? Yeah, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so. I think the, the one huge, um, I don't know. Uh, yes, it definitely did. P- perseverance will always w- will always prevail. But what helped me understand that I wasn't wasting people's time or wasting my own time at these interviews, and this is a, a strange thing to say, when I went to an interview with a brand, I'm not going to say who they are because I don't want to give them the limelight, they asked me, what would you do about this? And I told them, I wrote this beautiful business plan. And then six months later, Stjana Gross had just started. They did it word for word. They just took the idea and I'm an idiot. I'm a fucking knob for giving it to them, obviously. But that knowing that I wasn't wasting my time. Well, I did waste my time, but I was adding value in these interviews. Um, 
maybe I, I, I genuinely don't because there's a couple of brands now and, and, and I don't mean this in a dickish way. They'll come up to the stand and go, fuck me, why didn't we give you a job? And I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. But that feels good as well. But yeah, at the time, it was very hard to see why am I persevering. But now it all makes sense. There was a guy on the podcast called Andy. He was one of my first guests. Doesn't have a massive amount of views, but he's really well known in our local area and he's got his own um, clothing brand where he owns half the clothing store in uh, Swindon. And when I first met him and I walked in the store, he used to have Pavestone, the paving company, and I immediately wanted to hire him and offered him a job and then found out that he owned the place. And I think it would be exactly the same thing with you because I just the natural born sales inside. Do you think that's something that people can develop or do you think that needs to be in, in them? I would have said that you could teach sales. And I think you can teach better sales, but I do think there has to be something in you to get it, to understand that if you just keep talking to somebody, you find what they need and then you service that need. I think, yeah, I think it's taken me 32 years to realise that some people have got it and some people haven't. And that sounds arrogant, and I apologise, but there are reasons some people build fucking spaceships and there's a reason some people sell cars. They are good at it. Um, I think, yeah, I think that you can definitely get better at them with, with coaching, but you have to have the right foundation. You have to be a people person. Thank you for coming on Road to Success. What an amazing conversation. I've really enjoyed it and I hope it gives a brilliant insight to thousands of people across the UK that are thinking about doing this or just interested in yourself and the brand and a personal journey. So thank you for sharing your story. Cav, amazing. Thank you so much. Cheers. I love you. But if you're thinking about starting your own, fuck off. <laughs> Many channels out there end up launching merch stores, but normally these are cheap, low quality items with someone else's logo on you don't even want. For Road to Success, we tried to think outside the van. Therefore, we're going to be turning our favourite sayings from our most popular guests into quotes that you can buy as motivational artwork that comes framed, ready to hang on your wall in your space. You can choose to shop via business or sport categories or just buy your favourite guests. Go and check out our new store at www.roadsuccessstore.com or find the links in bios and descriptions. Let's win together. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.